Chomping with Sophie and Jess. Yeah. Hello, welcome to episode two of Chompin'. My name is Sophie Delaney. I'm Jess, and we'll get into that. But we're just doing a little, um, what do you call it? We're doing an intro. Okay, so welcome to our first intro, guys. <laughs> How are you feeling, Soph? I'm feeling good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling tired. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing an intro because what you're about to hear is the first episode that we ever recorded um, with our guest. And we wanted to keep it pure. We did want to keep it pure. And by that, we mean that. <laughs> so remember, for those of you who listened last week and you're like, oh, my God, there's all these categories and all this structure and all this stuff. That must be so interesting. You must have. It must have taken you a while to figure that out. It did. And it did. And so, um, our first guest, uh, Brendan, he was, you know, he did an amazing job and we love the podcast with him, but you know, when he was doing it, we didn't, we were just figuring it out. He was also, he was also really helpful putting everything together. Honestly, this would not exist without him. Someone call him the pod father. I wouldn't call him that. Yeah, who would? <laughs> That's that'd be dumb. Um, but he's a cool guy, and so let's just let's just because they want to get into it. So let's get to the business parts, right? Yeah. So first business part. Um, for those of you freaks that wanted to know the original title of this podcast, you're gonna find out really quick. Um. So get ready, kind of buckle up for that. That's a first order of business. Um. Second, Brennan brings up the fact that uh, our show Millie Millie. It, uh, it says it's at the Wino Vino Wine Bar. Things changed. That's no longer. That's Nico's now. Nico's Wine Bar, same location. Same location. That's it. I'm kind of like things that I've watched this week though that I've liked because this is real time. Oh okay. <laughs> I guess we you did consume the Super Bowl. How do you feel about it? I feel fine. I'm like happy for those who you know. It was fine. I didn't really care about who won or lost. So. Happy for anyone who's a Chiefs fan. Bummer for anyone who's a 49ers fan. Yeah. I thought the halftime show. Oh my god, Usher's so cool. He's cool. I like the roller skating part. He was like, that was your favorite part of Usher's dance? For sure. Oh my god, I liked, yeah. <laughs> I liked it when Ludacris and Little John came out. They were great. And the boys got back together. Are they that the was huge for me in eighth grade. Are they the boys? When you hear the boys, do you think of those three? I think, I think... Again, I don't remember a lot in this life, but I will. I remember one time, who knows whose birthday party, but somebody's birthday party in like eighth grade at like the harbor. Like it was like the fancy like harbor building. Sure. And we danced to that song. Did you go wild? Yeah, I'm a bit of a wild dancer. Because <laughs> I am dancing like no one's watching. <laughs> like I, I heard that song once and I said, I'll do it. Would there be any occasion that you'd want that like soundtracking your life or no? Every every time I dance, like that's one of those songs that I'm like, you should dance. <laughs> and also, I don't know if people know this, but I would go to Mormon dances because like my best friend was Mormon, mm -hmm. and you're not allowed to touch at those dances. Okay, but. so it makes you get good alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Other than that, we like love um, feedback, or I do. Do you like feedback? Yeah. Do you? Sure. Do uh, you? No. No, yeah, I'm totally open to feedback. But if you freaks want to, like, give us suggestions or, like... Is that a fan of chomping? Are they called freaks? 
I don't think there are fans of chomping yet. But if there were to be, I think if there were to be, they would have to. They would have to tell us what, what they, they want, want their like collective noun to be. Sure, but I think you're getting ahead of the thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that's where I live. Okay, that's where you live, and I'll live a little behind. Okay. Um, but if you guys want to like call in, is that a thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> now you're ahead of me. Or if you want like. I'm. I want to bring my brothers on. I want to bring my family on as well. Does that feel good to you guys? Let us know. Leave a comment. It just saying what, brothers? Yeah, saying like brothers, all cap. <laughs> and that we'll just know that that means family in general. Yeah, we'll just know that means family in general. Okay. Well, anything else? Just like enjoy and like just know that. Um, you're loved. Yeah. Isn't that crazy I said that? Not really. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Media Diet with Jess and Sophie. I'm Sophie. <laughs> and I'm Jess. Um, yeah, I think we need help with the name. But as for right now, that's, that's right what now. It's, that's what it's going to be. Uh, and we're joined today by our guest. Should we give like some like teasers about him? Like to guess who he is? Yeah. <laughs> you go for it. Okay. Two hundred Instagram followers. Okay. Absolutely. That's one two. Oh, I kinda like that. How about you give yeah, like yeah, three yeah, yeah. clues okay. about yourself? I have two hundred Instagram followers. Okay. okay, love that. Um, I'm one of them. Me too. A little sub sub S- clue. Some of my most loyal followers in this room. Yeah. Okay. Loyal subs. <laughs> loyal subs. Po- story likers. Absolutely. All my story likers will be made whole. <laughs> uh multiple time feature. On the Wino Vino mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. okay, that you two do yeah. another involved. Yeah, we're involved yeah. again. Okay, we're involved <laughs> and uh, hosted a backyard show. Absolutely, that you both were in. Wow, oh, kind of yeah. clues about us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping people can kind of triangulate. Yeah, okay. you can guess it, or if you're reading the show description, <laughs> yeah, the Blue Brick <laughs> Show, R.I.P. Prominently uh, <laughs> put in the title. Yeah. Okay, be business now. Okay. Yeah, get serious, please. But please introduce yourself, our lovely guest. My name is Brendan Hannaford. That's the last name. You Absolutely. Up. Um, yeah. What, what else do you want me to say? I, That's think about it. It. Yeah. I think maybe next time, like, we introduce. We'll see. Okay. Again, we're, yeah. g- we're, we're still coming into this. Well, Brendan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Kind of first guest. Kind of first guest. I'd love to have 201 Instagram followers. I think we can do that. We're going to do that. It'll be our promise to you. Absolutely. Hopefully you don't lose any after this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was that you just said? Hopefully you don't lose any after, you know, like hopefully we don't go Uh, anywhere dark. We'll see. I'm going to get, I was planning on getting pretty controversial today. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're going to get into it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so, you know, just just to break it down, where are you from? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm from... Napa, California. Okay. Is that California. real? Uh, yeah, it's a real place. I know it's a real place, but <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know anybody was like from Napa. I know. Well, it's a crazy place to be from for that very reason. I yeah, it's a strange. It's a strange place to be from. Is wow. there like? Because again, I only know it from like you know the wine, the wine, the, the, the that wine. sweet sweet wine. Right. Um, is there like a residential area? Like well, a I think that. Yeah, the thing that's interesting about being from a tourist town like Napa is that there is also just like a Target and stuff. Like Absolutely. There's a very kind of uh, boring and, and sort of small 
rural-ish nature to the town if you Absolutely. live there. I mean, I never interacted with wine basically at all. <laughs> Did personally. you know, though, like living there, were you like, this is wine town, this is wine city? I definitely knew. Okay. That was unavoidable. <laughs> I'll tell you this much, I had to know. That was not hidden from me. But my dad was like a high school teacher. Like, um, yeah. there's, no, um, there's no vintners in my family. Although the only way that you, I think pretty much everyone interacted with them is that you'd always have like a friend who was rich and did have Absolutely. parents that lived on like a winery or had a winery or something. And then like maybe you'd go to like a party at his house Absolutely. and you party in the vineyard and you go like, this is kind of nice. So when style. you, like when, when you would go to like high school parties and stuff like that, would kids bring like nice bottles of wine? And you know stuff what? Like it, that? Interestingly, not really. And I think, I don't know how conscious this was, but I do think it was almost, um, fuck wine. Yeah. Like a rejection <laughs> of mm. like, that's sort of the, that's, that's you why know, they come. That's the parent stuff. All yeah, the parents yeah, yeah. like it and stuff. It's like you're not going to be like when I'm you're not 16, be my mom. you're like, wow, it's so cool that my parents are into old vintages. Yeah. yeah. Pick up some for the party. Do you do time. wine now? Nope. I kind of oh. just didn't really. <laughs> okay. I kind of just missed it, you know? You I kind of just missed it and didn't really pick up on that too much. Didn't take. I like uh, Mum Winery. That's a good one. They do sparkling wine. Napa. Sure. Like the one I don't course. drink. That's, like, that's honestly sick. <laughs> That's honestly um, so sad. Do you know what Napa reminds me of? What's that? Go ahead. And, and I can't tell you guys if this is real or not. Okay. Um, I've already admitted to this. Uh, the things I say could be true, could be not be yeah. true. Same goes for me. You got to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to know. Double check it, please. But, um, <laughs> there is a public record. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen. But I'm pretty sure Parent Trap, Lindsay Lohan, one of her parents, Dennis Quaid from Napa. Yeah, you're I think so. Dennis Quaid's from Napa. He like lives there. He, he owns the a winery, winery right? He owns okay. a winery. Okay, check this out. I've got a, I've got a sick Napa fact. <laughs> okay. I learned okay. this recently. I think this is pretty sweet. And I, I learned this from a plaque that I've been okay. seeing my whole life. Okay, but this up. is media. Plaque? This, no, this is media. Think about mm-hmm. this. Plaque mm-hmm. is media. Okay. First form. Probably, video. you know, so for at least 18 years, I, I oftentimes pass this little like statue that has like a little gramophone looking thing on okay. it and has a little plaque, never read it ever. And then upon one of my recent visits, to I Napa? read it. Yeah. Okay. And apparently the first like mass produced uh, loudspeaker, just the loudspeaker period, the speaker we all know and love, kind of invented in Napa. I don't. Wow. Isn't that kind of crazy? And yeah. I say that look, actually is crazy. I, I say think look that's crazy. Up. You, I say look you it don't up. believe it? I just say look it up. Do I don't know. I, well, I don't want to say it was invent like speakers were invented there, but in like 1913, I think it was the people who went on to make Magnavox. You know the company Magnavox. Oh my god, that gosh, sounds familiar. No. Yeah. They, well, they're a speaker company. You know, they made stereos and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, like the first. It's called like I don't know. Let's not get into it. I just thought, I thought it was we cool. It. No, I think that's a cool. That's invention. it's media and related. You're bringing too. up. Yes. You're bringing up something we it's didn't bring up last time. What's that? Plaques. Plaques yeah. are kind of signs. Signs are media. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Famously, we left out books the first we did. in our <laughs> intro. <laughs> we did. So, you know, it's just all you're bringing it, bring it to the surface of what it is. It did media. work, though. I, I think it's, it's kind of a great, it's kind of a success story for plaques mm-hmm. because this thing's been around for decades and I finally did read it and I did And you're giving it to the people. It. Yeah. yeah I, it's still, it. it's still giving. It's yeah. still it's supplying and stuff like that. It's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So we want to, we want to get to know you through the way, <laughs> the idea of the show is getting to know our guests through what they kind of okay. consume. Consumption. Their, their okay. media consumption. So. Okay. Currently, in um, yeah. current state, what? Let's uh, we'll start. Um, are there any shows you're watching currently? Well, 
I think maybe I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of an odd case. Uh, let me, let me say, I'm rolling my well, eyes. I, well, you can go ahead and roll your eyes, which is true. But if if the if the aim is to understand me through my media, that's uh-huh. true. I think I just have to say, certainly the thing I love watching most is just finding like um, the strangest guys on YouTube I can find, okay. and then just okay. kind of deep diving their whole catalog. And so I can just tell you the one I'm I'm pretty excited yes, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just recently, I found this guy who. His name's Justin Horval, and he he's like a metalhead in Ohio, and he has like six thousand YouTube followers. Okay, and he well six thousand two after this six thousand two after this. <laughs> well, he's like uh, he's really into like extreme metal, so like death metal, black metal, and uh-huh. like grind metal, and stuff like that. And uh, he's just a hilarious guy, and he interviews all of the people in that scene. So it's a music scene it, it, tied in with this music wise. Yes. I've been listening to. Uh, just recently, it's a genre I've never really explored, but like metal like that. Yeah. Death metal, you said? Yeah, like death metal okay. and, and like a mortician. I was listening to this band. They're very famous. Also, tons of problematic guys in this. Oh, in sure. This has to be. Has, has to, to be. be. Has well, to be. Has, has to be. Which, uh, you know, so I'm not saying like, and I love everything they've ever said. Right. This mortician guy, yeah. Will from Mortician. But what's cool about like, um, well, I, yeah, I like edges. I like finding like little niche communities and music and real quick backing up to this you're saying things that i go i don't know if i know what it is okay wait is he a mortician or is the band called mortician there's a band called okay here's i'll tell you okay (laughs) sorry sorry if this guy's a mortician who's a death okay okay i'm going too fast let me back it up no you're fine you're fine so what i will do is i will just go on youtube yeah and and if i see a strange enough video i go let's check it out Uh okay but it knows you at this point right youtube it's highly tuned it's okay. highly, highly tuned. <laughs> it's been tuned over years and years okay, and okay. years. So I saw a video that was like my top 20 death metal albums of all time. Yeah. And the reason I clicked on it was because this Justin guy, it looked like a video from like 2006 mm-hmm. YouTube. It's like him in, and it's really low quality. And it's just him sitting in an office chair in front of like huge shelves of tons of CDs and records. And I clicked it and I thought the guy was hilarious because... He has this really funny way of talking where he like curses constantly. He's like, oh, f- fucking what's up, devils? Today we're talking about my goddamn top 20 fucking devils. best albums of all time. And then he and he's like, uh, he hates posers. And he's sure. like, yeah. right. And he's like, before I get to it, let me just tell you, if you like if, you're, if your top fucking album of all time came out two months ago, that's fucking bullshit i mean maybe maybe it's true but come on i'm gonna be fucking suspicious if your goddamn album came out so he's, he's a like, purist in he's this such a purist okay okay so i went on a deep so i started watching more of his videos okay the mm. reason i started listening to music was because he had a video called like interviewing will from mortician and Band. the videos this guy's also like roided Band. he's in a hotel hallway and he just says scary mortician is like doing a show here and i wanted to interview will and Spooky? I went to the, I'm at the hotel gym because I know that's where I'd be. And he, yeah. and he goes to, he opens the door to the hotel gym and there's like a guy <laughs> in like a leather vest and a band, like he looks like a hell's angel basically, like lifting weights. Is in he there. working out in leather? Yeah, he's, well, I don't know. Here's what's funny. I can't tell if it's like a very poorly a- acted sketch or if it's real. I can't tell. Mm. It I could be that. his idea of a joke. It's so fun. Either way, it's funny. Yeah. yeah. I am choosing to believe that the guy was just working out in the hotel gym and he was right. But um, was he accepting? Was he welcoming? Yeah, he's like, hey, 
hey, what's up? And this is a guy who screams like, <laughs> that's how he sings. I was wondering, because you did genres of like metal. Yeah. And I don't know the difference, but is one genre I'm the like, <gasps> like, I think that that was just sort of a uh, progression. You know, progression is oh. an interesting concept in media, I would say. <laughs> and metal. Well, I, I think, uh, well, that's what is interesting to me about it is like, because I have never really listened to a lot of metal. And then, like, when you look into these genres, it's, like, there's basically a – people get savvy, okay? So, <laughs> okay. people, when they like something – so, like, metal, for example. Like, when metal was first starting out, it doesn't sound like that at all, right? Obviously. Yeah. And then, like, as the community that likes metal gets savvy, and this goes for basically any genre or something, it's, like, you want something more. It has to evolve or totally. something. So, mm-hmm. a lot of this metal came out uh, – a lot of the metal he's interested came out in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and it's just sort Your of guy like Justin. it had to get more and more hardcore. And what specific do, specific bands do you know? Okay, so Mortician is the one that I'm like the most right okay. now. Uh, Cannibal Corpse is a very I've heard of them. One. Oh my god, yeah. scary! Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. They, well, they're all they're all just like they want to be so scary. Mortician is a job, okay? Well, they <laughs> just want to be really scary, and that's like what's also really funny about it. In hindsight, is I'm sure. Okay, this is also crazy. A lot of their a lot of the big albums came out in like 1989 for this genre. Uh-huh. And that did really impress me because okay. <laughs> I well, Cause if you think about like really heavy death metal or yeah. something where it's like, it's really fast. It's like not easy listening music. Uh, it must've been so much crazier to be into that in like 1989. I'm well, especially cause like, that was like satanic panic stuff, right? That too. Yeah. They're totally exploiting. Well, and it's like, uh, now we can get everything constantly, but in 89, I can only, you'd really have to try to get it. Well, and I try think to like, find that's it. what I'm thinking. I yeah. was like, Dan, like to be into this in 1989 would be like, you'd you're really weird. You're like gotta a weird get it. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or there was girl. Like, Our girl? There was like the I wife of a politician. At the time, I honestly <laughs> think it was pretty, it was pretty male dominated. I yeah. believe it. I think there was like a white, was like Tipper Gore, like, or Nancy Reagan. One of the two, like, launched a campaign against like metal metal music certainly and, like, people um, hated it who's the break in the law band Jews priest oh, they were a yeah. big one Jews i don't know priest. any of this can i ask Famously a question gay who and popular judas yeah. priest was was like was uh basically making like leather domination gear like mm-hmm. uh like popular with a bunch of like straight metal guys oh my god like, wow like spikes on a leather belt that's so cool yeah and rob Halford yeah. later yeah a gay man and they kicked him out of the band when he came out. When he came out? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that that's a, I'll say that's unfortunate. I think he's probably back now. I think there was probably they time. They got over it. Is, yeah. They got over it. They should have never been under it. You know what I mean? They accepted it. Yeah. If, it. if it had been me, if it would have been would have me, said, stay in the band. <laughs> um, okay, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is there soft metal? Because I get scared. I'm going to be honest. I get scared of loud noises. I get scared of just I aggression. Think- yeah, it's such aggressive music. It's the most aggressive. So, can, is there soft metal? Is there uh, is there metal that for I'm scared honestly, girl? Honestly, I'm not a metal head, so I shouldn't speak on it. Do you know? I'm not a metal head either. But I my gut is to say no. And m- but my gut to say you're not a metal head and then have all of this, I go, I'd never want to meet a metal head. Wait, but here's a follow up <laughs> question for you: Is like, is it more the the music? like the speed and like ferocity of the music or is like the lyrical content that's like no lyrics i'm like we can find meaning in all of it you know what i mean but it's the speed and the aggression and the noise i think that's what metal is though and like if i get scared your body listen what i'm about to tell you your body if you're listening to aggression 
your body's gonna hold on to that and then it's gonna come out. This is a theory. No, it's not. This, <laughs> this is, is a real. Theory. This is not. Keeps the score, babe. This, this it is keeps a the score. The body keeps the score, body honey. Keeps the score, babe. Okay, God, so that guy. if you know, <laughs> not a guy. <laughs> if you, <laughs> the the person who wrote the body keeps the score. Wait, who is that? It's like a fucking guy from the Netherlands or something. Checking our bookshelf currently. I'm almost positive. If it's not, I'm going to eat such major crap. Okay, wait. I, you I guys talk. You guys talk. It's Let written me. by okay. like Von and Von Budenstock or something. <laughs> That's why I swear to God. No. But it is hilarious if it is written by a guy to just because of what the book is go like, not a guy. <laughs> not a guy. No way yeah, a guy yeah, wrote yeah. that. You, I mean, I did Please. not read the book. I'm, I'm Googling it just as left the room to <laughs> <laughs> who, in our house who wrote the body keeps the score um bessel van der kork i think i just bessel assumed, van der kork. i think i just assumed bessel was a woman i think that it, he I is think the that, author wow so i need you guys to know i read that book fully having a it woman's hand right it hits mm. fully it's different yeah. from the book and i go oof, oof, i don't know yeah. speaking of books are yeah. you reading any books at this moment Yes, right now I'm reading a book called Essays and Fictions by Brad Phillips. Okay, what's it, was, what's it about? It's this, he's a Canadian guy. Okay. And it's like autofiction, basically. I mean, that's what I would characterize it as, even though it's called Essays and Fictions. I mean, it's like uh, he was a painter, he was a drug addict. I don't know much about him, but it's just, yeah, it's like tales about his life and stuff like that. But it's Is he an unknown or a known? How do you mean? Uh, like, um... I know no one, so but if you ask, I would say he's no in the in the world of literature. I don't think he's like hugely famous. Okay, but it is definitely like a genre I've been reading more. How did you how did you decide to read the book? Uh, someone I met on Hinge dot com was like, mm-hmm. you should read this book." Okay, and then you did it, and I'm doing it. Well, yeah, because it fits into. Well, I'm lucky that it fits into something I'm already kind of interested in. Mm-hmm. Just, like, I also think that's um, a good sign of a person if they're willing to go. Oh, okay, like let me try it out. Let me check the book out. Let me I check the book so. out. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I go. This is how we get. This is how this we how grow. I know. What'd you say? This is how culture moves forward. This we share how, things. This and is how culture moves forward. We share media and people read it. But also individually, yeah. this is how we, we grow. Right. Because like I'm pro- all about growth. You maybe would have never even heard of the book. Yeah. Without, Could have been. Without Abs- absolutely person. not. Right. But then, And then I'll tell you, this is kind of funny though. Like the reason I decided I for sure would read it is because she showed me the author's Instagram and he added Tao Lin. Do you know who Tao Lin is? No. no. Okay. Tao Lin is like another, he's, he's pretty famous in like the like alt lit, like cool auto fiction scene. And, uh, he's also crazy for a lot of reasons. He's, okay. he's had a, a interesting, so his first or his most popular book is probably this one called Taipei. And it's about him being like a cool alt lit guy in New York. And the, the whole thing that happened, um, with auto fiction was like, man, it's, it's like you're writing about being the cool writer and they're like reference that they're writing the book in the book and they're, they're doing drugs in New York and it's so cool and stuff like that. But then like now, if you cut forward several years, Talon like lives in Hawaii, claims he's like cured his autism with like uh, with like a strict regimen of like eating all, he's on carnivore diet. He eats sure. about head to tail. He talks about shitting in his yard. Um, Tao. Talon's a Wild very guy. interesting guy. And auto fiction, I'm gonna go ahead and assume is fiction about yourself. Yeah, it's like not about cars. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I honestly, I don't really have such a good, handy technical definition, but I think it would be accurate to say it's basically like 
it's sort of like memoir, but like probably Hyperbolic. fictionalized to some degree. Yeah, yeah it's not that, like exactly like Bukowski or something. Like yeah, that. like that, like that. But I'm and like, it's big isn't right it now. All, sometimes when I'm reading. Autumn, maybe this is gonna get me in hot water. But sometimes I'm, I'm like, gonna say a bunch of stupid shit because <laughs> yeah. I'm like a guy who I collect this. Jumping back just a tiny yeah. bit, yeah. The reason I brought up you're talking about understanding your guests through media. Yes. The point is just that I think for me, what I love to do is find like some little strange thing and then kind of collect all the lore about it. Yeah. And go yeah. deep. So like this metal thing, I don't think that I'll become a lifelong metalhead. I'm a poser. Justin would hate me, but. <laughs> I love his videos. I love how he talks. I love that in this small, relatively small scene of like extreme metal, he interviews all the, he has access to all the people. Yeah. And talk shit. He has like, he has YouTube videos that are titled like that story about a time I met a poser in 2002. <laughs> That's like videos that. he has. Anyway, I love that. And uh, so yeah. I have a small understanding of many things a little bit. So I'll say tons of wrong stuff. Would you That's say, would you say that, um, your content is heavily male? Would you say that? Um, yeah, I think that YouTube is like heavily male in general, to be totally honest. That and is, then that's a, yeah, well, yeah. Well, that seems I'm fair. in a pocket of YouTube that's heavily female. Yeah, that's by design. And uh, very crafting. Yeah. There's this one girl I watch that it's just her and her mother and they just have like such a nice relationship. Mm -hmm. And I watch it because I go, that's how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the like the content I'm looking for is I go this guy's crazy. Yeah, this guy this guy's kind of dangerous. I don't guy. go I don't go that's how it should be. I find a guy and I go this guy's out of that's his fucking so mind because I'm going wow this woman is loved. Like in yeah. all the YouTube stuff I'm watching, it's like yeah. this woman is safe. Love and this safety. <laughs> yeah. That's really this woman is safe and this woman is loved. No, You're arguably like, looking for the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I would say like most media I consume, I'm like this guy's evil. <laughs> this guy's a, this guy's a minute from snapping. This guy's fucked. Yeah. Oh my god. So we're kind of on opposite ends of YouTube. Yeah. So other than metal music, are you listening to any other music? At this uh time. yes i'm listening to, to stuff all the time let me think what am i really enjoying recently I've, I've been enjoying some dusty springfield yeah recently that's another uh it's kind of like the old 60s music that's kind of um nostalgic for me and my dad's boomer dad so that's kind of like after i listened to mortician for a couple albums <laughs> throwing the forest comes out like heavy grindcore <laughs> i i listened to like windmills in your mind or whatever the song is and you're like wow. calm down you're calm yeah. down really getting in there yeah yeah i'm going deep on springfield bro so is that like your like if i'm not thinking i'm just putting something on or are you picking from that genre mm, not full stop but like at the moment it's it's maybe the most comforting i think yeah. it's like uh i i went through a long time of like never listening to it as a sort of i think rebellion against my mm -hmm. father like, like the never. wine no wine like the no wine. dusty yeah. springfield no dusty springfield no boomer shit yeah you know and then now i've come back and i'm like okay it's easy easy listening papa was right me. papa was right but yeah we have one more topic to hit awesome. what movies are you watching okay movies now this one i have a good specific answer for i've been really Love. into these uh, like lower budget documentaries that are um, I'm sure there's a word for this but in in the technique but it's basically just like going to a place and doing interviews it's very low budget like I, I guess the the opposite would be like a documentary with lots of like imagery and narration mm -hmm. and uh, heavy on editing and that sort of thing yeah um, uh, you know like a Ken Burns style documentary okay. it's like they're reconstructing it or like they have interviews where the person's at another place later and they're like oh yeah I remember you know it was like yeah. this. this is more like 
they're just going to an event or something like uh so hands on a hard body yeah highly oh. recommend oh, okay i've, I've heard, heard of, of it yeah. but i've never seen it 1997 it's a uh, if for those who don't know hands on a hard body is a competition where it's like the uh, car dealership or anywhere is giving or away radio. a car sometimes it's radio okay station. i also don't know if this movie is this dealership in this movie invented it i don't <laughs> think so 97 i feel like that's that was well, like a sitcom 97 was not the first one that they did oh okay first one they did i think is 1991 i feel like it's like an 80s trope of like okay. a sitcom trope but i, oh, I can be on wrong body? i okay. think so maybe i'm wrong though well anyway everyone stands with their hand on a car or a truck or something and then you can't take it off Yet the last person to have their hand still on wins it. Okay. Yeah. And this documentary is incredible because like the, I, I guess, I mean, I know it's maybe naive. Like of course the still the documentarians and the editors, you know, they construct a narrative, but it's just yeah. incredible to me that it seems like if you kind of pick an interesting enough thing and go there, um, it seems like a movie will just spring up. But yeah, so that that's these people in this small town in Texas in 1997. And there's a guy like the the guy who's the veteran winner. He's mm -hmm. a crazy guy. They Wait, like he's him. won multiple times. He's won one other time. I think. Okay, okay. He won the first one. Wow. But when they talk to him, he says this thing I'm obsessed with, where he goes like, "Well, it's not really about the truck. It's I mean, it's a human drama. Once you're out there, it's a human drama." But he's right. He is Can right. I tell you something. I have not seen this at all. He's right. It is about the. Human he is drama. right. He says a lot of cool stuff. His that's name's crazy. Benny. He's cool. Man, and that's what it takes to be a winner. Is really just... Yeah, to be out of your mind. Yeah, to be to out, out of your out mind. mind. And know it's about like the human content. And yeah. it's like, not about this truck. Mm -mm. It's about like everything else. It's about everybody. His own self-worth is tied up yeah. in those things. He's sort of a cowboy hat philosopher in the film. <laughs> that's sort of that. his role. And then, uh, so from that, I watched this one that I think is, um, I think less popular, but also recommend called First Call. Okay. And it's... I think it's from like 2000 and this crew, it kind of almost seems like it could possibly be a student film. I don't know. Like, a, mm -hmm. but uh, they just went to a bar that opens at 8 a.m. in New York and they mm -hmm. just interview everyone who's there Whoa. for the first call. That's cool. That one's good. So you like, it's a thing where if something gets you, it really gets you. And then you like go down yeah. into the depths of it. I think if I feel nervous or bad about it, it's that I, I tear through something kind of new. You know, and yeah. I don't have a lot of like enduring. Wait, what does that mm. mean if you feel nervous or bad about it? Well, I'm saying, well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I just wonder if that tendency. Um, I wonder what that means about the rest of my personality. Like the fact that like I know that I'm really curious about this type of documentary. Yeah. I'll watch a bunch of them. I probably won't be still super interested in them or actively watching them in like a year. Yeah, but I, if anything, that feels... It feels natural. Like, yeah, you kind of cycle through interests, right? Or just honest. Cycling like quickly. When you think about even like the people in your life, it's like how many people are you like, you're going to be in my life forever. And it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That feels yeah, that's like a true. more natural way yeah. of doing it to where it's like, oh, I really like this thing right now. Let me see as yeah. much as I can know about it and then like move on to the next thing. Yeah. Okay, but so we've, we've listened and... Um, learned a little bit about your current media consumption <laughs> Absolutely. as um, much as is possible to do yeah and so we've um we've asked to for you to bring in something that's kind of like important to not important but uh um uh, something that was big within your memory of like of your i don't know childhood whatever yeah. of media that resonated with you and you picked ferris bueller's day off yeah it's a good movie it's a great movie great film you don't like current stuff, really. Or I'll stop. But <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop. But you you appreciate 
things, later things, earlier things. Yeah, I would say I appreciate earlier things and I appreciate, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I tend to miss out on like popular media and I don't think that's cool. I think that's like to my detriment. I yeah. Think it's like a deficit or that the I have. Or the day and age mm-hmm. we live in. Yes. Everything's so like. Like I should make more of an effort to listen to like more popular music. Olivia Rodrigo. Yes. I was just going to say it's like I don't know what Olivia Rodrigo's up to. But in like 20 years when everyone's like remember that time. Then I'll be like oh Olivia. Yeah that's like a. Yeah. But I like to. um, Yeah like strangeness and edgeness. Yeah. But which is why it's funny that Ferris Bueller is what I picked in retrospect. Because it's like the most not like that media property that exists. Yeah. When did you. So when did you first see it? I mean, it's unknowable as as a wee as a wee baby child. As a kid, like it was as just something kid. that was around. Yes. Like, was it something that you saw yeah. on your own? Did your no. dad? Definitely. What happened is my dad was like, you know, it's a fun movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Yeah. Popped it on because I was thinking about this too. When that movie came out, my dad would have been thirty six. Wow. Okay. And so he probably saw it in theaters. Yes. Absolutely. And he probably was like, hey, this is fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think he just put on on for me as that basis is like this is a great film for my taught did you when your dad showed you this movie do you remember if like you had a like when your dad was like you should watch this did you trust that opinion general trusted it okay my rebellion against my father's media taste being imposed on me probably didn't come until i was like in my first year of high school but like early on he was like was he blowing your mind he was blowing my mind okay all the 60s (laughs) hard rock i was just like trusting it trusting it. yeah that's cool this guy's got it what's awesome david letterman absolutely the small faces you know i'm I'm like that's all cool i was wearing like clothes of his from the 60s i was like i love mod stuff yeah and then i was wearing full circle because you're kind of coming back around with the dusty of it all absolutely with the what dusty Dusty spring Spring. oh yes well i can't i can't evade papa this yeah. is part of being raised we by become them. No, no, no. Yeah, his, we become them. His brain, I, I have an ongoing dialogue with my friends about how I think he just kind of put his brain inside my <laughs> head. He definitely, like, <laughs> downloaded his brain into mine. And, like, and, and so it becomes sort of like a Highlander situation where, like, I kind of think that really at the end we'll have to fight it out. We'll have to duke it out. Yeah, I don't know. What, I don't even, you say so many things I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry about What's that. Highlander? Highlander. Oh, it's a movie. Know? Yeah. Just fam- it's like an old. A famous movie. It's like a. Sean Connery? Yeah, movie? 90s movie. The point, of, I think. But we're on really good terms now, but we fought a lot when I was younger. For sure. And I have this thing where I'm like, but he won in a certain way. Like, that's why Dusty Springfield will always be like sort of comforting to me as music. Yeah. It's like the damage is done. Yeah. You know. Do you, you currently it. have like a relationship with your dad where you like send him stuff like you should watch this, listen to this and vice versa? Or um, did that kind of play its course? Whenever I come across something I think he would like, I do send it to him. But now... I'm kind of in the opposite. Like I'm interested in really. Fr- I tried to show my dad vaporwave once in high school. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that is. Vaporwave was like a Tumblr genre of music that's like remixed '80s music. Let's like chopped and screwed '80s music, okay. basically. And I showed it to my dad, and he just basically a lot of media I consume now. I think if I showed it to my dad, I don't think he would dislike it so much as not even be able to perceive what's happening. At I'm all. A lot I don't like think your dad. that. I think that he would just kind of look at it and like you know. I don't think that he would know what he was looking at. Yeah. yeah. He wouldn't be like, this is bad music. He'd be like, that's an odd noise music. that He'd you're playing. Like, yeah. Music? yeah, exactly. He'd I be saw like, that's just bad. I saw like a TikTok or something of of somebody playing um, Lana Del Rey for like, pe- like people Grandma. in their 70s and 80s, yeah. and they all loved it. Like mm-hmm. one guy was like brought to tears. By being like, that's yeah. intelligent. Yeah. For sure. I feel like she's also like very palatable. Yeah. And she's like to from, where, she's almost like Marilyn Monroe or yes, something like that. To, where, to scream, to scream songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a seven-year-old, I say I can't even handle it. 
me make yeah. self Absolutely. Your opinions on media are, are so incredible. And I think that I can't <laughs> wait for the episode mine, that's just just focused on mine you. Mine are, yeah. like, mine specifically are so... Well, I, I know yours. Yeah. Where you're saying yeah. stuff yeah. like... Jesse J. Yeah, where you're saying, like... Uh, when someone like sings loud that's like too much for <laughs> it's me it's really true listen i think this is amazing because i know so much more about you now yeah. and I, it's confirmed that we are so We're on the different. opposite ends. yeah and you're so kind of somewhere in the middle i famously uh <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of put off by anyone who's like oh like i'm like singing almost is like it's too emotional it's too real i don't want to see someone fail and you're almost like Again, not to pin you down, but almost like somebody who was don't like pin me down. Like, <laughs> please don't. Pin you me almost down. like somebody who is um, maybe not having their best day. Yes, and I would yeah. say that that largely also. Well, here's an interesting distinction: is like a lot of people go to media for comfort. Mm-hmm. I would right. say largely I don't do that. Like, interesting. I would say by and large, when I'm trying to be entertained, um, I do not. You want discomfort. Yeah, I'm I'm seeking to be so uncomfortable. Yeah, Interesting. absolutely. Or at least that's like I mean I'm not like literally uncomfortable. Or sometimes you know I find something I'm like that's I'm that's uncomfortable. For yeah, me. I'm done yeah, with yeah, this. yeah. But largely, like uh, I guess novelty is really important. I guess this is okay. So the difference between someone like you, like maybe you go back to works that you really like and yeah. you seek comfort and consistency in your media consumption. I am like definitely the opposite of that. Like I don't go back to old favorites a lot. Mm. I am trying to find new stuff all the time. Novelty is very entertaining to me. Discomfort is very uh, entertaining to me. Like, uh, yeah. But that's what I'm looking for. That's why I'm looking for the strangest little tiniest thing. And to say what makes me nervous about that is I think it, it, I might reflect parts of my personality I don't like or something. Well, that, we can't be. think too hard about ourselves. You know what I mean? Not even on the podcast about the media diet? On the podcast about the media diet, we got to think a little yeah. hard about yeah. ourselves. But, but I, I go. it's just as interesting to me to think about how your media consumption reflects who you are. Other traits about you. No, Absolutely. for sure. What was your TV or like what or viewing setup in your home? Like how many TVs did your home have? <sighs> well, let me tell you. Okay. I'm totally nostalgic. We had a JVC big giant crt jvc like whoa uh well, actually, your guy. not big not big giant actually but for the time it's like probably a 26 inch tv or something okay on a little cabinet and that thing was fucking awesome and was this like in a den this or? was in the front room front my room. dad front was room. a huge tv head yeah okay. this is my so uh, as evidenced by the, the downloading into the brain i'm like i'm escaped father I have escaped my father, I think. Yeah. But yeah. I have been for years. I go to bed with like podcasts on a sleep timer. Self too. I do that. And yeah. he's been going to sleep to the TV the entire time yeah. that I've known him to be alive. Like I didn't escape anything. But he, his media diet is, he, he was a huge TV head, always will be. I Wait, so how many TVs time. were in the home? Well, at that time, I think there was only one TV Just the developed, main. Wow. but it was on all the time, you know, definitely like morning shows, news yeah. being on in the day, watching. And then as I got into my... Uh, at a certain point, we finally evolved and got like an HD TV, you know, mm-hmm. like a flat screen. Probably when I was in middle school or something. But none in your bedroom. No, I never had. I don't think I ever had TV in my room. I mean, I definitely had. St- uh, I at some point I had a set in my room that I played like GameCube and stuff on. Yeah. But it was very communal. I mean, I'm definitely nostalgic for the fact that my dad and I like a sick. huge part of my childhood is yeah. just watching TV with my dad side by side. For hours and hours. No, totally. Same with my dad. Yeah. 
And who would be picking? Like, would you? Would it be like something like watching something old, watching something current? Watch, like, would it be a lot of Comedy Central, a lot of whatever's <laughs> on there, yeah. a okay. lot of Comedy Central, Reno nine one one. Well, yeah, like this is a weird like blind spot in in my dad's setup is that like he's a pretty strict parent yeah but he just fully had no sense of like what i shouldn't be watching on tv yeah or not fully but but to a large degree like i was watching like Chappelle specials yeah. when I was like ten. Yeah. You know, my dad is like, "This is funny." It's right. Like, you I, must think so too. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you think is the most feminine content you take in? Um, probably uh, there's a short story writer that I really. A, a lot of writers, a lot of I female writers that. are pretty good. There's this uh, woman named Alice Monroe okay. who writes short story collections. She's probably my favorite. Okay. Woman That's, writer. Okay, Alice that. Monroe. We'll get her done. Yeah. We'll get around the pod. But I'm when they do, it's great. I also, just so you know, so you're not in your head about it, I'm going to ask everybody I'm not. that. Yeah, this is. <laughs> oh, I'm not. This is oh, I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> baby, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable. Hey, well, I think about that. Baby, I mean, I'm not unaware of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, I definitely think about that one. I, I just think it's like, oh, yeah, like, obviously we'll be in the pockets in which yeah. we're in. And you you keep saying the edge, and I like that. Yeah, like you're on the edge, but it's like, oh, it's, some things are gonna get you, like Ferris Bueller, like mm-hmm. in, where it's like. Well, and also Ferris Bueller was a movie. I, I mean, I haven't until yesterday. I hadn't watched it in a long time. It was something I watched a lot growing so did up. It h- hold up, or did you remember it correctly? Did I remember it correctly? Yeah. Well, it's an excellent, extremely tight film. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, it's like a silver. It's like a silver sphere. It's so perfect and it really well encapsulated is. and tight. You know? And all of them are so great. Even rewatching it, like yeah. this uh, Jean, like Bueller, the sister, yeah, is perfect. They were dating at the time. Who was her and Matthew Broderick? <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. But it is the opposite. And I watched it a lot as a youth, sort of before maybe the change in my media diet being. It's sort of before that really took hold, you know what I'm saying? Like it totally makes sense. That's something my dad showed me. It's very traditional. It's yeah. very popular. It's very mm-hmm. uh, digestible. But it's maybe very, yeah. during the time, and I might be wrong because I don't know a lot about like when did this movie come out? It came out in um, June 11th, 1986. 86. So like. Was this a movie that like everybody and their mom was going to the theaters for, or was this a movie where it's like it got popular? Like I think it might have been a hit. It was a oh, five really? million dollar budget, grossed seventy million dollars. It was the tenth highest grossing film of nineteen eighty six, which was like probably a huge movie year. I don't know what that other. Okay. Probably a lot of people saw it. Okay, and it's like it's right in John Hughes's run, yeah. so he we're talking just he's written a ton of different ones, but like his like writer director credits: Sixteen Candles, eighty four. Breakfast Club, 85. Weird Science, 85. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 86. Oh, okay. Planes, Trains, Automobiles, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, Curly Sue. We're, and then, like, he did, he wrote Home Alone and stuff like that. But, yeah, yeah this is kind of like, we're right okay, in the so peak of it. Okay, so everybody's seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, who do you relate most to in the movie? Ferris, obviously. Oh, my gosh. Well, as, okay. a, as a child. Well, this is what I was going to say is that when I rewatched this movie... Uh, when I rewatch this movie, I think about how much it influenced me, not in terms of my media diet, but just like in my brain and how much yeah. it influences lots of people. And then also like how so much of my growing up has been uh, getting out of that or something like I, I think this film is um, if you look at it critically, I don't think it is like propaganda I, and I don't think yeah. it's deliberate, but I took a lot of notes and I would say that the notes that I took were, were kind of around like, that's well, crazy. Like how this film is so reflective of a central, like 
uh, American idea of like what it is to be cool. Yeah. Because he's like such an individualist. Like the message of the film, like the little things, if you listen to little things, he says like the central message of the film is that like it always works out for him to shirk rules and duties mm-hmm. and like it just the risk is always worth it the weird thing to, there's that one part where he like he's like in the shower and he's talking about like european socialism yes, in relation to that. fascism <laughs> dude it's like this is so weird that he's like i'm not a socialist but i'm not a fascist yes. but it's like that was crazy yeah yeah it's very bizarre <laughs> because what he says is that i took notes on that because i was like kind of thinking i was like okay i'm gonna watch this movie and kind of like yeah. what okay oh so like i don't think it's propaganda but i think it's maybe a movie where like if you dissect it you can kind of see inside the psyche of the culture yeah. that produced it at the time. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, so it is sort of propaganda in the sense that like reconfirms it, but it's not that I think it was conscious. It's just crazy how, uh, how it lays bare so many things. Cause like you're talking about what he says in that part. So he's, Oh yeah. He's missing the test on European socialism. Then when he comes out of the shower, he says, not that I support fascism. Like, um, I don't think anyone should support any ism. Like you should, you mm-hmm. know, do your own thing, be yourself, which is of course, a, a deeply political claim still that's like that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. the high individualism that's what's coming through on that right well it's and like, i always wonder what cool and apolitical and you know? right yeah. when you're a kid because like we used to quote this movie all the time and it's like i wonder like to what degree wow. yeah popping it up in bed <laughs> popping a probiotic soda sorry <laughs> getting wild but like at what point is that like are those these notions planted into your brain because i'm like I, yes. I i knew what these lines were before i knew what socialism or fascism meant like as a kid i'm like i don't know what these mean but like i like i'm already developing opinions of these things yeah based on it's his subtle. point of view it's totally subtle because it's not like i don't even think i never remembered that line right but i remember the thrust of the film being like yeah like what's genius is to kind of do it all at once and do it overnight and you take the big risk and you don't yeah. follow the rules and you, uh, you know, but I think it's funny that you guys are even saying like, yeah, he gets away with it, but think about everybody else in the movie. Meaning sister, what? Sister goes to jail. Yeah. Principal has to like go back but on the bus. All. Yes. Okay. Well, wait, continue. Cameron, continue. Cameron's going to get in so much, yeah. so trouble, much trouble. Right. <laughs> right. Even Cameron's like never going to be the same. No, after Cameron's this. never going to be the same. <laughs> okay. Even Clark. Like I'm like, Oh yeah, she's going to get in trouble. Like they're all going to get in trouble, but him. But here's the thing. Okay. You're right. Except that they all go, but ultimately Ferris, you're right. That is a thing that happens throughout the film. Cameron says he's going to get in trouble. So Ferris is even telling him, uh, you know, no, you don't want this much heat. I'll take it for you. And Cameron says, no, Ferris, like, I could have stopped you. But he says, like, no, like, Ferris, like, I need to stand up to my dad. Like, he says, he, he, he says that, okay? And yes, then also the sister, the sister right at the end when the, when the, it's not even clear why this happens because yeah. she's racing to get home. But then when she sees that the asshole principal is outside, she lies and she goes, no, you know what? That guy, that guy at the jail was, Charlie Sheen was right. My she brother is pretty cool. What does Charlie Sheen say? Okay, this is incredible to me. <laughs> The thing that you were saying, right, about the... In- so I'm seeing it as this, like, deeply liberal, not in the sense of, like, Democrat, Republican, but, like, American, liberal, like, individualistic mindset. He is rewarded whenever he takes these risks. People say, okay, when the scene in the jail, when Jeannie, who is essentially right, Jeannie is, like, right about a lot of the stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Which I think is a basic opinion, but the thing that's more interesting is me is when she's in the jail, what Charlie Sheen literally says, which to me reads is almost like a... Like, I could see this being like a Reagan ad. He's like, well, you know what you should do is worry less about what Ferris is up to. Your your cool brother who who ditched class and got away with it, why don't you just also ditch class and yeah. get away with it? Yeah. 
yeah, I guess Ferris is pretty awesome, you know? But that's the thing. I'm like, if we're all ditching class, listen, I think I related mostly yeah. to Cameron. I think that's what's coming out yeah. right I now. I think that I've... You're Cameron. I've, you're heavy Cameron. And yeah. Cameron's the coolest character. When you watch it, I think you think Cameron's the coolest. I think yeah. as a kid, I aspire. I, I loved Ferris and I aspired to be Ferris, but like watching it now, I'm like, I feel a lot like Cameron. Yeah. Or I'm like, we got to get this car back, guys. Like, Or even like Clark. That's her name, right? Who? The girlfriend? Uh, Sloan. Sloan. I don't know why. I Sloan Peterson. But Sloan, even Sloan, like having like him being like, we should get married and her being like, I can't get married. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yes, they're all reasonable. <laughs> yeah. But this is what's crazy to me is that they're all. So I'm watching it and it's kind of tempering my my. So I'm developing this idea of like, wow, this there is a kind of really interesting element of what it means if Ferris is like cool and everything works for mm -hmm. out for him. And I was like kind of getting tempered because Sloan says like, no, you're crazy. Cameron says, no, you're crazy. And everyone's sort of right. Yeah. But then. They are like inspired. The, the thing you're taking, like they're inspired by Ferris. Do you it think is a debt? It's not great that they're reasonable. There's no turn where it becomes like, ah, oh, yes, they were right all along. There's nothing like that. But then my question to you is, how do you think they all do in 20 years? Yeah, this like, is interesting. 20 years from from this. I thing. don't know because the movie ends. Yeah, but well, come but, on, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that that's why. But that's why it's like in some ways reconfirming this thing because, like, because it doesn't show that. That's all I'm saying. Not yeah. that, like, you know, I think that uh, whether you like it or not, right? It's like a movie is maybe reconfirming some idea, and it's like if you're me and you're 13 and you're watching this movie, when the movie ends, you're like, wow, I guess Ferris Bueller is the coolest. Absolutely. You don't go, oh well, in 20 years Sloan will be okay and Ferris will be dead. I mean, yeah. that's not a thing you think yeah. as a youth. You have to bring a lot of. Uh, critical thought and like l you know literacy to it to yes. think that okay this well and Ferris to answer your question Ferris Bueller was inspired by somebody that John Hughes knew in high school named Edward McNally who missed 27 days in school is that a lot Ferris Bueller Sounds missed like nine and me. it was a big deal 27 27 okay he's rich this is what's incredible about yeah. 80s movie 80s movies in general is that like being cool is sincere like being cool is just so sincere okay like now to be cool you have to be alternative in some way and like in this movie ferris bueller just is rich has really nice stuff mm -hmm. yeah gets away with everything right and is the coolest he's like yeah i love this car because it's cool yeah. yeah and then you watch you're like that is a cool car there's no <laughs> edginess he doesn't have to pretend he's like i want to get married that's yeah. another crazy part yeah, yeah. Because he you, brings it back up. He goes, I really would have married her. Yeah. And she says at the end, he's going to marry me. Oh, really? Yeah. He wins. When she's he running. always wins. Do you yeah. still think he's aspirational? Like, is yeah, there's... that's no. true. That's I, a good question. Now? Yeah. Yes, currently. Because he's kind Cause of I a sociopath. He's kind yeah. of no, I definitely don't find him inspirational. And, and it's interesting. I mean, I don't really even think of... Now when I watch it, I don't think in terms of like uh, it being aspirational or like... you know, I, I think about, yeah, like what does it reflect about ideas a lot of people have by default. I'm just saying I understand why a child thinks it's cool and oh why God, my absolutely. dad thinks it's cool. I loved and him when I was a kid. And it's just fun. The reason it's so effective is because it is just fun. Also, it's like so, in the same way that like all, uh, or a lot of like well-edited movies are, like it brings you in, it totally reconfirms mm -hmm. the message because it all works out inside. It's very simple, it's very tight, and... Uh, no, I don't find him aspirational. I would say that. Yeah, because yeah. the one thing that I was like was, and again, it's very like Ferris Bueller's a sociopath. That's kind of like a hot take on right. like internet exactly. shit. But like, it is interesting where it's like when I was watching him when he was duping his parents at the beginning. Yeah, his persona to his parents is so different from his personality yes. that it's like he must act like this all the time if they're believing it. 
they also like him. This yeah. is another crazy part of the film. <laughs> that is crazy. The parents Love aren't them. even suspicious of him. No. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. This but is crazy. Then the thing at the very end, the thing that I did start to think about was like, things work out for him continuously to such a cartoonish degree, mm-hmm. yeah. okay? And then at the very end, there's a part where like he has the baseball from the game that he caught and he throws it to hit the stereo. Yeah. And then it bounces and lands in a Perfectly baseball glove. Yeah. And so I was thinking like, well, I wonder how conscious for for audiences seeing it in 1986, is that a joke? Like, is that is that are they watching it actually relatively critically as well? We're like, well, we all know that it would never all perfectly work out. You know, like how influencing uh, was it? You know, it's almost cartoonish that that it that is that cartoonish. Even in that moment, I was like, you're in your room. Like, yeah, you can get up. You can just turn up. Like it wouldn't sure. be crazy. Or if you, you were out of bed. Break your CD player. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's fun. That thing would shatter. I mean. I guess what I'm saying is like the sincerity of like coolness in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Probably when adults were seeing it, they're like, that's funny. It's funny that it's all working out for him. Right. Yeah. But if you're a child seeing it, I don't think that's how it works no, in your no. mind. Yeah. I think you just okay. go Ferris Bueller's the coolest. Absolutely. Yeah, he can do anything. Of course the baseball went in the glove. Of course yeah. it hit exactly. Yeah, or like thing. I think that maybe the art of it is you don't even notice that. It's just like subtly you're like everything works out for this guy. Charlie Sheen's character, you know like how Incredible. the mom is closing like a real estate deal. Yeah. His parents um, are the pe- people she's trying to close oh, the really? real estate deal for. Yeah. How is that known? Uh, I saw some. It's it's not. It's like a cut scene where um, that he's supposed to be the people Ferris's mom was trying to sell the house to. Is like the end because like even at the end when she comes, she's like, and she cost me the blah 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 deal. Where it's like clearly there was a scene where they they each came to pick up their kid and you know yeah they were like, well if your daughter's this person blah 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 blah." yeah he was great. I liked Charlie Sheen. Well, I liked it too. I liked him. Yeah. And I think that that's another example of like, so he's a druggie. That's like his character. He's like yeah. a druggie rebel. Yeah. But he is still like more right in the in the film than, than Genie because he has the right opinion, which is that. But again, the right opinion. I'm almost like, it's so funny because I'm like, this man did like kind of disrupt. Again, I'm fair. I love Ferris. I'm in. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. But I'm like, I think to say he's right. Not right to me. Yeah. I just want to clarify that right to be right. I go, I think he is. The, I think he's the son to this movie. S U N towards everything's revolving around him. Right. Yes. And it's like, I think maybe Jeannie's like Pluto where it's like, <laughs> <laughs> she didn't ask to be like in his orbit. Yeah. And so like, I think she's like, Oh, like this is annoying to mm. me. But if I'm, here I agree f- for, I'm yeah. not sympathetic okay, okay. to Ferris. Okay. I'm unsympathetic to Ferris Bueller. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm saying that, but that's why, to me, I'm saying it's it is uh, propagandistic in some way. Yes, is yes. that even this yeah. druggy character? So now it, we're saying, oh, he's all wholesome stuff. This guy is totally not wholesome. We like him yeah. when he says. That's true. I did like him. We like him when he says, man. You know what your fucking problem is? Is that you're thinking about all the cool shit your brother's doing, getting mad about it when you should just be doing cool shit. Absolutely. And we mm-hmm. go, wow, he's kind of awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And I liked it when she made out with him. Yeah. Yeah. I said, oh, that's great. Get a gene. And I have do think fun. get a gene. <laughs> if you totally extrapolate it, which, you know, you don't have to do, but to me, I do think it extrapolates to a really easy political place, right? Because it's like, <laughs> if you, what it, you know, that logic of the like, oh, well, it's actually it's apolitical. You claim it's apolitical. Yeah. I, you, everyone should just do their own thing. Everyone should just do their own cool stuff. But then, like, if someone, you know, let's say they become, like, the richest guy in the world. And you know what I'm saying? Okay, I see I see the fan who says, 
oh, you hate Elon Musk. Why? Because he has big rocket ships and does awesome shit all day? Yeah. Why don't you just do some awesome shit and quit complaining all the time? Right. That's that message. That is that message, I think. But can out. you do the awesome shit if you're not a straight white male with billions of dollars? Interesting uh, there's part. many complicating factors. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. But I'm even saying, even to bring Elon into being Ferris. Yes, exactly. I, These are all problems that are present within the film. <laughs> it's highly political. I think it's an insanely political film. I can't believe that he literally says, he's like, I don't think you should sport an ism. You should just like be fucking cool and be a cowboy so early in the movie yes too. yeah also the fact that the parents hate the sister that's weird yeah well, we hate women we, do, yeah. we hate women but we the only thing we hate more than women is a woman who's like that guy that cool guy should follow the rules that's what but and i'm like that's awful oh. that's why i'm like i related to her because i'm like she's not wrong right she's not wrong she's at all she's having to do all these things even extra because she's a woman in this time the dad yeah. at the and end literally says maybe we should kill her he says we should shoot her in an, in, in yeah that is crazy so like, that's it's why a I'm joke like, but it's crazy we could never have a movie maybe now but we could have never had a movie of like genie's day off no no, because um, at that time, that's not fun. Well, I think also like the U.S. was, uh, we're in, an, we're a deeply conservative place. I don't know if you've heard this. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking like in the 80s, like I, I can only imagine how much more so, you know, if not the same, certainly more but so. But I got her anger because I said, oh yeah, I, I could never right. have a day off. I could never have a day off. Yeah. And Ferris is going to get it and he's going to get away with it. You know, but again, I do think even saying that, it's also like, yeah, but we can't be mad at him for that. We just right. gotta try to get yeah. our own days off. Let me. Yeah, let's hear it. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> well, I was gonna say this is why I was look. Okay, th the, the the political lens again that I'm thinking of most critically is because I think we are in a time right now, very specifically, where there's been a flipping of uh, there there has been a flip where we. I, I'm assuming you're you're left leaning people. That's yes. just an assumption. Yeah. Yes, I am too. Okay. I'd say. <laughs> and, um. I think that for a while, which is maybe aberrant, transgression and, and the, re the rebellion and that sort of stuff was associated with that, with a left mindset, right? When like maybe like Christians were, had more of a total domination culturally in the U.S. and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But now we're in a time where I think we're having to learn that like you can't only rely on transgression as a means of advancing some sort of left-leaning political agenda because a lot of stuff is like rule-based or a lot of community stuff is rule-based so what i'm saying is, is that for example right like ferris bueller is never going to give up the ferrari because um you know because of epa regulations and you can't make that car anymore you know what i'm saying like i think that a lot of stuff that is going to have to happen politically is going like from the left is going to seem like rules okay and seem like requirements and seem like shutting down ferris okay i think that's totally intentional i mean on the part of the on the, on the film i think that reflects the mindset at the time like you we have totally intertwined the idea of being the coolest guy with disregarding lots of things other yeah. people it's like you can never go too far you know what i'm saying you know like like when um those things come out right now where they're like, oh, we're banning gas stoves because mm -hmm. they like give kids asthma. OK, when they when some, you know, Republican congressperson makes like a Twitter ad where they go like, well, you can take your electric stove and shove it. You know that they're they're leaning on Ferris. They want to be like Ferris. They go like, yeah, huh, look at me cooking bacon on my gas stove. I guess yeah. I'm kind of a fucking crazy cowboy guy. They're leaning on Ferris mindset. Well, Absolutely I mean, are. even him saying, I don't believe in socialism, they would say, right. I don't believe in, believe in socialism. Right. He was referring to something different right. at the time, but now 
because again, Ferris would be like reacting against the established norm. The established norm would at that time have been a Reagan era, you know, right. Dem- uh, Republican ideology. It would be interesting to see who, like if you remade the movie, who Ferris would be now. Yes. In 2023. See, I think he'd be pretty similar, honestly. You do? I think I think <laughs> Yeah, because what I'm saying is that I think the 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 sinister nature of Ferris is that to say that you I don't support any ism. I am an individualist. I think that these moder- these these sort of right-wing people would mm-hmm. make that same claim now, even now. They would not say like I support some like critical conservative ism. The people who are advocating for like so to take it back to this example of like the ecological, uh, you know, measures, the eco measures, they would they don't put it forward as like I have a, a thorough ideology that says we must, you know, burn fossil fuels. They say like I just want people to have fun and have ceiling fans and you know and have <laughs> the gas stove. stoves. Yeah. They yeah. purport to have the same thing. I would say. Okay. So you think Ferris is conservative? In a in a in a certain way. Yeah. Okay. In a certain way. <laughs> okay. Um, In okay. a certain way, I think Ferris Bueller is the most conservative <laughs> film that's ever been made. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, wrapping up, to just we have some final questions. Yeah, let's get um, it funny. I, I got, I got, I, I, I got way out on that. But this is why we're here. No, this honestly. is this is fantastic. Is there anything during the day that you were like, I w- That's what I would do on my day. Like, was there anything Hell that yes. that like was like, oh, that would be that's Oh my god, that looks like the most fun. Yes, mm-hmm. the art scene. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that. Okay, and speaking Beautiful. of the influence. I think that that is a scene that like maybe plants in your mind as like a child to watch that scene, the art scene. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm gonna look to feel like this someday in my For life. For sure, I agree. With and that. almost yeah. it's bad. It's almost bad because you're you don't live in a montage with music and cuts, right? So like looking at art will never feel that way. No, I do feel like every time I go into a museum, there is some kind of like Ferris Bueller thing happening. To when me. is it gonna feel like? That? When is it gonna? Yeah. When am I gonna get lost in this? Like, or when in, he's in like the Starry Night thing and he kisses her? Yeah, or something that like wasn't that. Starry Night, but yes. What? But I, like, yeah. Mon- yeah. That or even. Um, with Cameron and like mm-hmm. Sunday in the Park with George, yeah, and being like whatever. That's what was, I'm saying. Yeah, and I, and I think as a child, you're like, okay, that's like the like that's such a perfect moment. Yeah, and I can't wait for my to life when a feeling. perfect moment comes, and then it doesn't. So you're like, I have to drink and do kratom, sort of <laughs> attempt to get closer to this perfect moment. Because the rest of it, honestly, the Sears Tower is fine. The Board of Trade, I don't know if I'd like to go to. Lunch at Shakey didn't look that good. Cubs game is like they're fun, but yeah, I don't know if I'd do that on like my day off unless that was the only thing I was doing. And I guess singing Donkey Shane and Twist and Shout in a Parade—that's that pretty fun. Pretty awesome. But that's then, the most one I want to be Ferris. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think we all want to. It's be just so good. That's like a perfect moment in a movie. It's also him even lip syncing mm. is like funny. He's like barely doing. Yeah, any yeah. Work. <laughs> you know, what? it's like somebody else's greatness, yeah. and he's like, "I'll take credit for that too." And people are giving, yeah. being like, "This yeah. guy's incredible." Where it's like he's not even doing anything. Yeah. When you just said you're like, we recognize that's a perfect moment. Okay. Yes. That's a perfect moment. So in rewatching the film. I certainly can't deny that as a movie itself, it's like perfect. And then, and, and totally your honest side, like I'm, I took those notes and I'm being all critical and stuff, but obviously when I'm watching it, I'm like, I can totally still enjoy it. I'm yeah, totally like, guy. fuck yes, I'm Ferris. Yeah. We're all Ferris. Woo. Yeah. Okay. Should we wrap up? I think we have to wrap up. Are there any final thoughts on Ferris Bueller that we didn't get out or media in general? 
Hmm. Let's watch it again in 10 years okay. And, okay. and see how we feel about it. Yeah. I love that. But otherwise, I think I've said certainly more than there is to say about <laughs> Ferris Bueller's no. Day Off. More than is possible to say. I say thank you. Um, I mean, honestly, this was like more successful than we could have yes. imagined as an experiment. Um, I think it's so great. Um, My Instagram, ancient underscore Zelenial. Yes, please. Anything else that. you want to plug or anything? Or Nope. That's about it. Just follow me on Just Instagram, Justin. please. Just Justin. And your inst- that Justin guy, you plugged him. Justin Horval on YouTube, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, look at him. him. He's don't harass him. He seems like a nice but enough also, guy. And he then, also rescues cats and stuff. He's cool. Okay. Nice. Is there a, a quote from the movie you want to take? Or us out any with? quote at all? Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Life moves fast. Don't blink, or you might miss it. Is it something like that? 